that just shows you what good things can come out of beer-fueled movie conversations. That's right. Where's the baby? This movie would have been totally different with Denzel in it. Well, yes, it would. Let's <laughs> go. Right, head down to Junior's Farm. We're going to get frightful this week. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast, and I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And we're from MadWolf.com, and we are back for our monthly live shindig in front of the great crowd at the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, doing that Fright Club Live, and glad to be talking about farming frights. Well, we should thank Tammy for the song, because you put out a feeler, because you weren't coming up with any good songs, because you were very blocked, because we don't play country music. That's right. We put the no country no. rule out there. So, no. yeah, so Tammy had not only the uh, Junior's Farm recommendation, but also Sex Farm Woman. Which you actually was, that was your preference. From Spinal you Tap. You couldn't quite make it work. Yeah, but. that's a good one. Um, that's Spinal Tap. I don't think we've gotten Spinal Tap in the podcast yet, have we? That, that seems w- hard to believe. I know. But. That would have been a great choice, but I, I, I went with the Paul McCartney. Pink so. Paradox recommended a, a Guns N' Roses song, but Junior's Farm works. Yeah, and, and that reminds me. One of these days, I'm going to get off my butt and do a Spotify Fright Club playlist. Uh, I haven't done that yet. It's on my to-do list, but I think that'd be fun. We'd dig up some of these songs and find a way one of these days to work in some Spinal Tap. So thank you for all the song recommendations uh junior's farm this time because we got the farm theme and um yeah we thank everybody for coming out and as we said i think on the last podcast thanks everybody that came out here to fright club live a month ago for valentine's day for a romantic evening with trouble every day that uh, some of you are still trying to get over but that was (laughs) that was fun but we got a good one tonight, and uh, we've got uh, what else do we have to take care of before we get to it? Well, last time we did uh, PG thirteen horror, which went over actually yeah. better than I expected. It that to. was good. It was fun. It was fun to do because there are some really good PG thirteen movies. That's actually. right. And we stumped some few people on social media That's about right. what the first PG thirteen movie That's was. Right. You stumped me as well. Yeah, stump yeah. the band. It's like stumping the band. <laughs> uh, and again, it was, what was it all? Red Dawn. It was Red Dawn. With Swayze. That's right. With Red Dawn. Because I so. thought it was the Temple of Doom, but your story claims that the Temple of Doom is the reason right. that they came up with that PG-13. That they came up with it, yeah. Or at least Steven Spielberg claims. Exactly. Claim. So who are we to quibble? So, but yeah. then our, our old friend Phantom Dark Dave, was very happy to see Insidious on our list. Oh, yeah. So we have some rules for farm frights, farm horror. We do. Because first of all, we had six movies. And we're not allowed to have six on the live ones because we run long and we're not allowed to do fuzzy math on the live ones. So. And you know what? And the contempt you hear in that <laughs> voice is for me <laughs> in case anyone questioned that. But go ahead, please. But so then also to narrow this down, there has to be a working farm involved because if you just go with like farming or like abandoned farmhouses or rural. Or a sex well, farm. Just, sex farms. You just, you you can never zero in on five. It's not possible. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Plus, then Eyes of My Mother would have been on the list, and we show that next month, and George hates when I have the same movie on two lists back-to-back. So 
we we narrowed it down to just <laughs> more contempt. It's acting. just dripping. It's dripping from this podcast. I'm just keeping you down with acting the podcast farms. you really want to do. Active farms. That's all. That's the main thing. Okay. So there. So anyway. So the, no Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example, because they were really just squatters who ate barbecue. I mean, they they weren't farming anything. So that's not going to be in here. Sad to say. And then there are a few that didn't make the list. That I'm just going to go ahead and admit the one right now because Richard's going to be mad. But and you know I wanted it. Motel Hell did not make the list. I know. I couldn't believe I that it didn't. I, I couldn't I, believe it. Farmer it's, Fritters. Yeah, it's, yeah, he had a working farm and also a working motel. I don't know why anybody went there, but the two <laughs> went hand in hand. Uh, but no, it didn't make the list. So I just wanted to point that out. And also because somebody is going to bitch about this. Uh, um, Children of the Corn did not make this list. Although I, I, I really wanted to yell about Malachi. Malachi! But anyway, I'm not going to because it didn't make the list. Yeah, because it's just me. It's bad. It's just not good. I know you don't like that movie. Do not care no. for that. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised that Motel Hell didn't make the list. But before we get to the actual countdown, we got to say welcome to James Quinn is in the house That's tonight. That's right, filmmaker James Quinn, award-winning Very filmmaker. Very talented filmmaker visiting from Austria. But he's got business, business in town. Not That's only right. shooting a brand-new short film uh, here, but he's going down to Cincinnati next weekend, the weekend of the 24th, where we just found out today he scored two nominations at Horror Hound, nominated for Best Feature and Best Director, for Flesh of the Void. So congratulations. Good All stuff. All kinds of good so stuff. So welcome. We're glad you're here. Glad and then we also here. want to say that the, the movie that we're going to see tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 100 Bloody Acres. So we spend a lot of time at Burns Pub. <laughs> And our friend Charlie would ask all the time uh, whether or not we'd seen such and so a movie or such and so a movie. And then the one day he said, have you seen 100 Bloody Acres? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And he was so happy. He was really, really happy about it. So I promptly saw it, loved it, and we worked it into the program. Yeah, so there you so go. thanks, Charlie. That just shows you what good things can come out of beer-fueled movie conversations. That's right. Especially That's right. at Burns Pub. So, yeah, thanks, you guys, Charlie and Megan, for coming. And for giving us the inspiration for that movie. All right, so let's get to it, right? Yes. Uh, number five in our list of farm frights, farm horrors, takes place on a remote Irish farm. Well, that's timely. Uh, five people become unwilling participants in an experiment that goes nightmarishly wrong. From 2005, isolation. This rate of cellular growth is off the scale. <laughs> the distressed subjects, like large rats. <laughs> Well, one of the first things that jumps out at me looking back at this trailer is the talent in the cast. Yeah, amazing. Not only you've got Ruth Nega, who yes. was just Oscar nominated for Loving. for Loving, and then you've got Essie Davis, who played we the should have been Oscar nominated in for Babadook. Babadook. Yeah, leading the cast. So that that is awesome right there. And, uh, you know, it's got, looking at that trailer, listening to that trailer, it's got some similar themes going for it, but it's, it also does some different things with it. One of the things that, are gonna, that will jump out uh, in farming horror is how much... The pharmaceutical companies really come out as villains. There's a lot of, of toying with, I was just going to say toying with your meat. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> okay. Say um, it. <laughs> Loud and proud. <laughs> and it starts with this one, and in this one it's not treated comically. And it is a really, it's a surprisingly effective film. The fact that these people are so far from everybody else, and then eventually that they're quarantined, really does a lot to heighten tension 
Uh, and then that mock, you see the one where they, they, they get in and he's like up to his. Oh, I love that part. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and then eventually it's like, and this happened also in the remake of The Blob, where you know they can't see, but they go underwater and open their eyes because it's not water. You're like, what are you? You got goggles on? You don't have goggles on. You can't see. <laughs> but it just makes you want to yell at the screen a lot. And then there, there are that a couple of That can be fun, scenes, though. It can be. There are a couple of scenes that stand out as being scenes that, you know, have been in hundreds of other movies. Like, for example, Ruth Negga wakes up and you can tell there's something under the sheets with her, which in, in most films I'm always like, yawn. Like, how many times can I see this? But perhaps because she is so very talented, mm-hmm. yeah, you just right away just, like, want to jump out. Like, jump out of your seat. And then there's a it, – it all leads up to – it builds up to a monster that has to be – effective for the rest of the payoff and it is it's it's creepy it's it's toothy that's never a problem that's never wrong uh and uh, and the i mean the whole thing is maybe a little more earnest than it has to be but it's good it's memorable it's i'm surprised that it hasn't been remade yet to be honest with you and just to confirm the phrase was was it toying <laughs> toying with your meat is that how it was okay that's right shut up george <laughs> there was a shut up george from the from the gallery okay moving on Moving up to number four in Farm Frights, it's Reg and Lindsay running an organic fertilizer business. They need a fresh supply of their secret ingredient to process through the meat grinder. Reg comes across two guys and a girl with a broken-down vehicle on their way to a music festival. It's the one we're going to see tonight. Thank you, Charlie. It's 100 Bloody Acres from 2012. If Charlie Wick wants new blend, he's going to get new blend. We all burn the lot of them. Now. No one's going to be hot bone and no one. You're not a bad person. You're a good person who's just done some bad things. Yeah, you're holding for a marshal out here, boys. You're on a hundred bloody acres. Bloody dare hurt, are you psycho? We're not psychos, all right? We're small business operators. All right, we've slipped away into an empty theater, as we always do. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the movie tonight without spoiling anything, because this is a fun one, and I think anybody that sees it that, that hasn't seen it before might think, okay, this shares at least a little bit with Tucker and Dale. I can see that. Kind of a kind of an Australian version, because that's the thing, is that it is, it is a, in the way that Black Sheep is a very New Zealand movie, it's a very Australian film. <laughs> like a very down-home Australian very, film. Very. Some of those songs, those Australian, I guess... Would those be Australian country songs or Australian yes. folk songs? No, they, I think they were country songs, yeah. Because yeah. oh, it's like they're listening to AM radio, but it's right. just they're listening to a small town yeah. radio station and they're waiting for their for their ad, yeah. the Morgan Brothers Bone and Blood Organic Fertilizer. They're waiting for their ads uh, yeah. to play on the radio. And the one brother, is, is it's rem- it reminded me of Tucker and Dale because he's just... He's kind of dumb and hapless, mm-hmm. but he ends up kind of being a hero in the end and kind of <laughs> maybe gets the girl, maybe you don't know. So that's another reason that it, it's, I don't think it's, it's not as outright funny no. as Tucker and Dale, no. but it shares some of the same, you know, sensibilities. Yeah, a little bit, but it's not a spoof. You know, it doesn't, right? right. I mean, right. Tucker and Dale is, is one of those like Cabin in the Woods type movies True. that, that is, is sending up a specific genre. And this is not doing that. It just happens to be. A funny movie and one of the things i like about it a lot of times particularly in slashers you'll have one character who's high and, and it's usually <laughs> just lame it's just this lame and, and in this in this film one of the characters they're on their way as you, as you said to a to a music festival right. so one of the one of the characters wes 
he takes some acid. And so by the time shit hits the fan, he's just high as a kite. And, uh, and it it's actually, hilarious. And it actually helps him because he, when he gets uh, some injury, he, gets a, he <laughs> does himself while someone else does an injury. And I don't think it affects him as it might have had he not been high. Right. Oh, and then, and then he wanders <laughs> accidentally yes. into this... We won't go into it, but okay. Oh, that's, yeah, he goes we can, into this yeah. little theme park that's closed because it's only open every third Sunday. And first of all, <laughs> it's a weird, creepy theme park <laughs> called Fairyland, <laughs> and it only makes it weirder because he's high. Oh my god, it's uh, just so funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, so often for me that doesn't work because, but but in this one, it just really, really does. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and he's that sort of douchey character that you're supposed to hate, but you just can't. You just can't. He's hilarious all the way well, through. Well, because he's so and he's so goofy when he's high. Yeah, it just adds to it. And I also appreciated at the very beginning as they they're showing those farm signs, <laughs> the signs around town, and they just get funnier and funnier. And 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 it's almost one of those that I appreciate where they put it there and think, you know, for the people that take the time to read these. They're going to get a laugh out of it, so I appreciate that. What I think is, is funny, I mean, for me, is because I'm, you know, I'm from, we're both from small towns in mm-hmm. Ohio, but I'm from country, right? The towns around, I mean, you, you're yeah. in Tiffin, Ohio, and then you drive for 40 minutes through fields you're in the before middle you of get it, yeah. to something else. Yeah. And and so much of it from the small town radio, WTTF, that's what it reminded me of, <laughs> to uh, to those signs, you know, like, you know, you know pick at your own honor like the, right that it just reminded me of like it was very if you authentic. steal my produce i hope you choke on right, it. right exactly <laughs> all of it was just very authentic small town uh country town i thought yeah, that was funny exactly so it's definitely falls into the, the the horror comedy but not like you say not as much of a specific send up as as tucker and dale well let's get back in there and watch it <laughs> So they're on their way to a music festival. I'm just going to go ahead and, and say that it was Burning Man. <laughs> is that, is that to in me, Australia? Yeah, to me, that just makes it, <laughs> makes it a little more fulfilling. First of all, talk about people jumping out in the cast. John Jarrett. Yes. John Jarrett, who we love so much from Wolf Creek. Yep. I love that he's in this, and he's it's got- a very different character. Very different. Very different character. But I love to see him anything. <laughs> and then also Angus Sampson, yeah. who's in all the Insidious movies, and he's also in Mad Max Fury Road. And he just cuts an interesting figure, the bearded guy. <laughs> Especially God, with that you beard. Know, what yeah. I mean. Yeah. You know, and uh, and he plays Lindsay and his brother Reg. I'm not even going to spoil if you haven't seen it. What how Reg decorates his his trailer, but it's pretty epic. Well, right, because this is the one we're seeing tonight, right. so we don't want to. No, we don't want to uh, say too much. Spoil anything. Not going to say anything about Nancy either. I'm just going to tell you, just brace yourself. <laughs> just brace yourself for Nancy. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. So that's all we're going to say about that. Uh, and move up to number three in our favorite farm frights. And it's from 2006. An experiment in genetic engineering turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers that terrorize a sprawling New Zealand farm. It's black sheep. A secret experiment has given birth to a new breed of fear. Oh, my Lord. There's something wrong with the sheep. Get ready. For the violence. We're trapped. Of the lambs. The sheep are revolting. Aren't they? Black sheep. 
Yep, Richard called it Violence of the Lambs, right. which is a great tagline for this. And right. I, I so remember the night we watched this that Hope had it on, and I was kind of paying like half attention. And I walk in the room and just see these sheep, and I'm hooked. I thought it was hysterical and just sat down and watched the thing. And I, I just I think it's so funny. Just even the sheep before they... Before they start killing, just seeing them sitting there. I'm just laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing. I don't know why. You're a simple person, That's right. George. That's right. So this is from New Zealand, which should just come as a surprise right. to no one because it screams it from the top of its lungs. It does. Because it's just got that sort of adorable sense of humor about it. Well, there's just bloodletting going on in every scene. Like, I don't know. Nobody balances gore and like sweet-natured humor as well as New Zealand filmmakers. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's another one that's, you know, genetically modified farm animals that go crazy and they turn eventually into were sheep. Oh my god. It's <laughs> Oh my god, it's the best. It's a really really funny, very clever, often gross farming horror. It's I it's, it's, I can't imagine somebody not liking that movie. And it's funny, you would love this. This was released in Spain only as a double feature with Severance. <laughs> That's a double feature I can get into. Yes. Yeah, and apparently it took four people to operate the giant monster sheep suit oh, and wow. get it just right. And actually, the director of this, Jonathan King, mm-hmm. did a lot of the sheep noises. So oh, you know, multi. Let's get to know him. Multi-talented, uh, Jonathan <laughs> King. But yeah, this one, you're right. It just it's just covered in that New Zealand cheekiness. Yes. That is. Even when it's gory, like you said, it's still just sweetly funny. Yeah, it's adorable. And, uh, yeah, I, I I love this movie. I think it's and it's and it's got one of my favorite things, the Wilhelm scream, <laughs> is included in. So that just ran. But I don't think it's. I think it's a sheep that does it. That's even better. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> and this was this. I know we talked about this once before. This made another countdown. New Zealand, best New Zealand horror. There you go. Of yes. course it would. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I just, so, so uh, the, the number of times that George's response to something I'm watching is as positive as it was with Black Sheep, it's somewhat low. Somewhat <laughs> low. What was the one? Headless. Yeah, not the a long, fan. The longer Headless was on, the more George was like, are you still watching this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually not, I was like, no. Not a fan of that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this one got me right away. And uh, yeah, Black Sheep coming in at number three. Uh, on our Farm Frights horror list. And moving up, we're going back a few years for number two. This one all the way back to 1972. Down in the farm country of the U.S., twins are born. One of them turns out to be good, (laughs) while the other one becomes rather evil, just like your situation. Exactly. Just like joy. This is the other. The generations were rich with love. And the most beloved of all were the twins. For the fairies of New England, terrible things began to happen that summer. Tell me, what is it like? There have been all the others. Now there is the other. Where is the baby? That trailer, courtesy of Mr. 1970s voiceover movie guy. <laughs> and he does that one in the exact same tone that he does, that he did the, the original Amityville Horror. Yeah. I just heard that trailer. I'm just thinking the exact same Amityville Horror type of delivery, but very different movies. Quite different. Yeah, I love this movie, and it's made several of our countdowns. Made our twin countdown, of course. And there's a, a John Ritter sighting, by the yes, way. Yes, John so, Ritter. That's good to know. But right from the very beginning in the trailer, you know, and you just hear him whispering, where's the baby? You're like, we're in trouble. Like, this is not going to go well. And uh, I think that uh, most of the decent twin horror that's been 
that's come after this film is in many ways built on this movie. And one of the reasons it works so well is that Robert Mulligan, who directed To Kill a Mockingbird, is a brilliant director. Mm-hmm. And and you don't, I mean, he doesn't beat you about the face and neck with the fact that you are watching a horror movie. He he films it like he would have filmed To Kill a Mockingbird. It's just that everything that happens is so horrifying. But because he filmed it as just like a, like a you know, Walton's episode, it, it's even, I think, more unnerving when these things happen. I think one of the really interesting things about this movie is even though you don't ever see the twins together, so technically that could be a sign that one child actor is playing the part, but it's actually a set of twins. It is. Even though, playing the parts, even though they're never really seen together, which is an interesting mm-hmm. way to do it. Yeah, that's really true. And of course, it might have just been because of the Fair Labor Standards Act, and they couldn't have oh, one of them on that. for very long the 70s. because they were young. Get that's them in right. here, give them some smokes <laughs> and some drinks, and put them to work. But it's one of those that works so well because, you know, the the story is not really the story. The story that you're seeing, you realize at the end, is not really the story. And it's one of those that you actually want to go back and rewatch it because the other actors' performances are so amazing and stunning the second time you've seen it. Because, of course, their characters do know something that you didn't know when you right. watched it. Right. Um, and all of the performances in this movie are just amazing. It's just really it lulls you with this sense of wholesomeness and that, that never feels forced or false in the way that very often in sort of bucolic horror it does. You know from the beginning, oh, this isn't right. It, that's not yeah. really the case here. Just these really wholesome people, and there's always whole milk and pie, and you're like, I want to go visit this farm. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you really don't. <laughs> and interesting, you talk about how good the cast is. Early on, they wanted Ingrid Bergman for the grandmother. So they were going for it to play the part of the grandmother. Interesting. Yes. But uh, even so, yeah, you're right. It's everybody... It doesn't seem like a, a horror movie no. per se. No. Uh, until, like you say, you get to the big reveal at the end, and oh, well, and all the stuff that happens, you know, the killing that happens yes. up, up yeah. until then, uh, for sure. So that is, uh, yeah. So that's number two. The other from 1972. Moving up to number one on our list of farm frights. I know we've talked about this on a couple of different yeah, we countdowns. Uh, it's a classic. A police sergeant is sent to a Scottish island village in search of a missing girl whom the townsfolk claim never existed. From 1973, the original Wicker Man. I am here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. You are the fool, Mr. Where is Rowan Morrison? Oh, my God! And we talked about in the last movie, the other, we talked about a big reveal at the end. And this one, of course, has the classic big reveal. Yes. Uh, and it's you can forget that the movie is really about farming. I mean, it is. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the sacrifice that they have to make because it's harvest time and they haven't had a good harvest. Because so off, uh, up until then, it's about a missing person. Exactly. You know, and police work. And Roran Morrison. That's right. And it's about the hip and, and saucy Christopher Lee versus the, <laughs> you know, the priggish. Why do I always forget his name? Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. I always forget his name. <laughs> the Equalizer. Yeah. And there's just something That's about. Denzel. This movie would have been totally different with Denzel in it. Well, yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just something, always something weird to me about the whole pagan group. Normally, I really enjoy people in animal masks. <laughs> yeah. I really do. 
It's a thing that I like. He does. He but really, here, really they're does. just they're just effectively <laughs> creepy from the get go. They are, and it's really the first film that did it. So I mean, a lot of films have made good use of it since then, but this is really the first film that did it in a way that was meant to be creepy, um, and it's it's incredibly effective because it's very it's like throwback to medieval pagan rituals, so it makes sense. You know, uh, he calls him the fool, and it's the, I mean the whole thing. Um, just builds uh, – because, you know, in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily a horror film, right? A lot of people have said that, that really right. there's nothing horrifying that happens until the final scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it builds so effectively and so uncomfortably because you don't know who to side with. Because, you know, you can't side with the, the, the priggish detective. You just can't. But so, like, you're spending the whole time going – I don't know. I think I'm going with the pagans. Like, I'm totally just, <laughs> I think I got to get on board with the pagans. I'm really sorry that you're going to try to save this little girl's life, but I sort of hate you. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, you know, it turns, it pulls the rug out from under you because look at what happened to him. And, and, right. and you were led just as easily as he was led to this ending. Yeah. And it was a, a role, I guess, intended from the beginning for Christopher Lee, who always considered it one of his best movies one of his best performances he's correct i think early on uh, the story goes that he paid for so much of the press out of his own pocket wow. to publicize the movie which was apparently inspired by an engraving from 1676 called the wicker image that was in- inspired the story interesting um, I-, I mean i understand i suppose i understand the people that don't really view it as a horror movie yeah. i mean i i do personally but i mean you, you can have an argument there because yeah. it does build up to that one horrific image at the end yeah. But I think it is. And I think it's inspired a, a, an enormous number of horror films, sometimes just tangentially with certain images or certain scenes, but then sometimes I think in, in big thematic ways like Kill List. We love Kill List. Right. And you can see a ton of, of The Wicker Man in Kill List. Mm-hmm. And, and even, also the Arl, the horrible remake. It inspired that. Yeah, and even we though— hold it against it. Even though that is, the remake was really bad. They even play up—I think the, the remake plays up the farming aspect even more because yeah, they're farming honey. Yeah. And they're they're har- harvesting and they have a you know beekeepery I guess if what is that a word beekeepery I, I just made it, it up so it is uh, but yeah the 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 remake is oh man it's so bad uh, as we've mentioned a couple times so stick to the original and that is why it comes in at number one for us on Farm Frights from 1973 The Wicker Man so let us know what you think anything that we missed should we have used Sex Farm Woman as the song <laughs> I, I I can be persuaded let us know it's easy to get a hold of us on Twitter best way is at Mad Wolf that's M A D D W O L F on uh, Facebook and Instagram. We're Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website, of course, where you can find uh, this uh, podcast and a bunch of other fun stuff is uh, madwolf.com. So what do we got coming up next time? In April, what will it be? We're going to show, and we're super excited to show it on the glorious big screen, Eyes of My Mother. Yes. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing that again on a big screen, and we're going to talk about mothers and daughters. That's going to be uh, our podcast topic. And in between, between now and then, the B-Movie Bros are going to join us for the podcast that we tape, not live, in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about, as we've mentioned many times coming up to it, death and sex. That's going to be, it's going to be, you know, because we did sex and death a couple weeks ago, so now we're going to do death and sex next. And somewhere in that podcast, we will work in the phrase, toying with your meat. (laughs) This seems to... Roll off the tongue like Roland Morrison. Uh, so, yeah, so next month, that'll be good because Eyes of My Mother, we've talked about, not only is the movie great, but, man, it looks so great. It does. It, it looks, looks glorious. So it looks glorious. On the big screen. So we look forward to that. April 11th, the uh, date of the next Fright Club Live, right back here at Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio. look forward to seeing you then and hope you'll 
get in touch before then, but we've got a movie to watch, and it was our number, what number was this on the four. list? Number four. number four. Number four, but a good one. 100 Bloody Acres is set to roll here in just a few minutes, so thanks for everybody uh, for coming out. And uh, until next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay right, my friend. Take me down to Junior's Park.